Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Chris. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 128. Today, I want to read a passage of Scripture to you that if you do not have your Bibles with you, listen to this again and have your Bible open so you can mark, highlight, underline, circle, do whatever you need to to call attention to this passage. It is in the book of Philippians chapter 4. The entire chapter is a tremendous chapter in the life of the believer. If you read this over and over again, God will give you great insight into many areas, but specifically in relationship to how we think. Here is what Paul said. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Now, earlier in the chapter, the Apostle Paul talked about the peace of God that comes when a person puts his trust and his reliance upon the Lord and doesn't worry and fret about things. Over and over again, we're taught in the Bible not to fret. Psalm 37 was written specifically by King David as he was looking around comparing himself to the wicked and the blessing, it seemed, of the wicked. And while he was faithfully serving God, he felt like he was not having the success as those who were not serving God. And God had to take him in his own heart and mind and life to the place where God dwelt. Because you see, God has the final say. Psalm 37 is a very good companion psalm to read with this passage in chapter 4. And so he says, if we with thanksgiving make our general prayers and specific requests known unto God, out of that thanksgiving... Out of that trust, God will give us peace and garrison our hearts. But here in verses 8 and 9, he talks about the way we think. And there is a command here. When you look at what the scripture says, it says meditate on these things. Now that seems in the New King James to be, and some of our other translations, to be very lame. But it is a command, and it's a specific command. And it is in the present tense. That means this is to be a continual action of our lives. This is not something we do once and then forget about it. Over and over and over again, continually, we are commanded to think on these things. Now, you've heard me talk about the tense, which is the kind of action. It's present, it's ongoing, or it's aorist, it's snapshot, like taking a picture, or it's perfect, it's something that happened in the past at some point and still has abiding results, or it's future, it's action that's going to take place in the future, either linear or snapshot in the future. And all of these various tenses are kind of action. 
doesn't have as much to do with the time of action as the sort or kind of action that it is. And then you have voice. Voice is active, passive, or in the Greek text, middle voice. Now, active, that just means that the person who is doing the acting, the subject is acting, and so it is active voice. That's what we usually write in and are taught to write in when we're doing papers and thesis and dissertations. We write in the active voice, not the past voice, not the passive voice, but in the active voice. And then the passive voice, the subject is being acted upon. Then we have something in Greek called the middle voice, and I have labeled it when I teach Greek as the voice of personal responsibility. And the reason I say that is because it is usually best translated, I myself, or you yourself, or he himself. The idea is that you have to do it yourself and no one else can do it. Now, this is the voice that is the voice that contextualizes verse 8. He says, you yourself have to do this. Take personal responsibility for it. And if you don't train your mind, no one's going to. If you don't take every thought captive, no one's going to. And no one can. You have to do this for yourself. And so he says, here's what I want you to think about. He said, I want you to think about things that are true. The word there simply means this is something that is truth that comes from God. And remember, the enemy is a liar. He's the father of it. And he lies to us. He deceives us. And he is so deceptive that he is able to deceive even the elect, those who are walking with God. If we do not continually go back to the truth of God, we will be deceived because we're not sharp enough to overcome him. We can only do that through the power of the word of God and through the spirit of God. He said, whatever is respectful or venerable, really, whatever is right, that's the word that is the base word for righteous. Whatever things are pure, that's the word hagna, and it is where we get our word holy. And so he said, think about holy things, whatever things are lovely. And this is the word pros, and then the word phile for one of the words for love. And it's the idea of extending affection towards someone, extending love towards someone, something that is lovely in its presentation. That's what we need to be thinking about. And then the word admirable is the word euphemia. It is a word that is a euphemism. It, it, it sounds good. It, it is good. It is something that's pleasant. And we need to be thinking about those kinds of things. The word for excellence, if there's anything that is excellent, if there's anything that is praiseworthy. Then he says, you need to, it is a word that is in a participial context that is the word logic. And what it means is to reason this out, to think about this over and over again. Now, it's interesting that in the imperative, which this is couched in, this is the context. This is the mode. This is what it is couched in. It is not something that we have an option to do except obey or disobey. Because 
the context is imperative. That's the mode. That means God is giving us a command. He says you need to do this. Now, command doesn't speak to the emotions or the feelings. It appeals to the will, to the volition, to that part of us that chooses. And so what God says is, I'm commanding you to do this because he always commands us to do what is best for us. God never commands us to do something that is hurtful or harmful. God always commands us to do things that are ultimately for his glory and for our good and in that order, because whatever is for his glory is for our good. And so he says, I want you to do this when you feel like it and when you don't feel like it. You need to discipline yourself to do that. Now, discipline has almost fallen out of our English vocabulary because we've got the idea of something's hard and something's difficult that we don't want to do it and we whine a whole lot. But the fact is, God says, do this. It's going to be good for you and I will receive glory because you will be living in a way that will be pleasing to me. And so he says, think about these things. And he says to do it over and over and over again. And this is where the thought process really takes hold. You and I have to form subconscious pathways. And the only way we can form subconscious pathways and begin to allow our minds to get in the gear that it needs to be in is to let it become a part of who we are. The way that it becomes a part of who we are is through what I call scripture saturation. And so I want to encourage you to take these two verses of scripture, especially verse eight, and read this out loud over and over and over again. If you want to and you can and you would like to really begin to saturate your heart with one scripture, I would encourage you to do this and do this one in Philippians chapter four, verse eight. Just begin to get this in your heart. Start with 25 times every day. Read this out loud. Write it down, but read it out loud. Look at it and read it out loud 25 times. Do it over and over and over and over again. Do that for 21 days. Just do it for 21 days for three weeks and see if it is not a part of who you are. And what will happen is when something comes into your mind that is not in the character that you have been memorizing and you have been reading and you have been saturating your heart with, you see, you don't even have to try to memorize it. It'll just become a part of who you are. People say to me all the time, how do you preach for hours without notes? I am saturated with whatever it is that I'm preaching about. It is a part of who I am. It's in my subconscious. You could wake me up in the middle of the night and I could break down the entire Old Testament and New Testament to you in time periods. I could take the last 4,000 years and break it down in 21 different time periods and I could do that at the drop of a hat. And if someone doesn't drop the hat, I'll drop the hat myself because I love to do it because it continues validates in my own heart and mind God's story of his faithfulness down through the millennia. And so I am excited about you starting this journey with me, and we're going to continue this next week, and we're going to learn how to better and better saturate our minds and get within our subconscious the words of God that will change our lives forever. Remember 
It was Jesus who said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. May God bless you as you walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.